Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Two Catholics with PhDs in common sense. Both of us are reporting for duty. Terry, how are you, my friend? I'm reporting for duty, Jesse, and I want to say uh, yesterday we had Father Charles Murr do his first opening show on Mondays on the Life of Christ by Archbishop Sheen. Ooh. I just did the next one today at 6 a.m., and I'm telling you, folks, you're in for a treasure to, to really learn about Jesus Christ and his salvific work. Now, Jesse, you picked some great topics, but I mean, Pope Benedict wrote a letter to Catholic statesmen urging prayer against the expanding power of the Antichrist. I remember when he did that, Jesse, because you were on board. It wasn't just Benedict the Sixteenth saying that. Jess Romero and myself, we've been saying it seems like it's appearing. You look at all the indications, and you went through the characteristics of that, of the coming with a biblical worldview. Also, a Greek Catholic bishop calls it out, man. I mean, wow. He's, he's saying that the Senate that's coming up, uh, it's not anything like the Eastern Senate. He said what we have to be careful, he says, is in this modern church is that Western democracy, possibly a parliamentary, parliamentary, sorry, parliamentary effort where everybody can say everything. He warned the life of the church, he said, has never been the church as a form of democracy in which he decides everything by majority rule. So he's warning the Holy Father and the bishops in Rome not to make this a, a an election on truth. In other words, we're going to vote for women's ordination or we're going to vote for homosexuals that they can you know, uh, have a marriage. No, this has nothing to do with that. So I appreciate that. Also, Jesse, just for your good to know file, and I was impressed with these lay people in France. I don't have a great love for the Trinitine Mass, but I have a great love for people in general who have a love for the Mass. Yeah. They've had a hundred weeks, French lay Catholics, thousands of them are persevering in prayer for an end to the restrictions on the traditional Latin Mass. And I got this article here. It's in Paris. These folks are making, saying prayers for the Holy Father to, please, please, Holy Father, let us worship uh, in something that our fathers had worshipped for a thousand years. And I think that I want to give them credit because they are taking it to their prayers to try and convince the Pope to open up the uh, Trinitine Mass again as St. John Paul II and Benedict XVI did. Also, Jesse, just for your good to know file, Pope Francis says that um, backward conservatives in the United States of America, the Catholic Church, they, they said he said that they have replaced faith with ideology. Wow. I think he's referring to Bishop Strickland. And I, I would mm. say, I'm sorry, because he, he believes in the deposit of faith, you're calling that an ideology? Uh, I, maybe I'm reading into it, Jesse, but I think he's talking about what we talk about as the deposit of faith. That's my take. Yeah, Terry, a couple of other things I want to mention is that the hood is waking up. And I'm talking about a the lot hood. of black people I are waking that. up. Yeah. That. Uh, you, a Why, lot of blacks. Were, a lot of blacks were cheering Donald Trump after yeah. his arrest. In fact, you can watch this on YouTube. Uh, Trump's support from the black community is starting to climb. It's up to about twenty percent in the latest poll. Wow! And because they're looking at him like a martyr, the the tyrannical left arrested President Donald Trump and booked him last Thursday, and took a mugshot, and they've now charged him with ninety-one garbage felony charges. And uh, a, a lot of the 
blacks in America are starting to sway over towards Trump. Mm. They're looking at him as a martyr. Also, Virginia family pulls teen from high school after they told him to take down his mounted American flag from his truck. So this this high school senior, Christopher Hartless, he quit school because administrators told him to remove the mounted American flag from his truck. He refused because it clearly violated his First Amendment rights. And a Bedford County family, they're pulling their son out of the Stanton River High School after they say the school told them to remove the American flag that he mounted on his truck. Good for this kid. He said this. Christopher Hartless said this. I'm exercising my First Amendment right, my right to fly the American flag on my car. My family (laughs) fought for America, and I feel I should be able to represent the flag that they fought for. Well said. Good for him. Also... Ohio Democrats are upset after ballot board changes abortion amendment language to reflect the reality. Ohio Democrats are upset at new language added to a proposed amendment, which apparently reminds them that their ghoulish support of abortion kills a child. So the updated language put in by the Republicans has changed the term fetus to an unborn child. Mm -hmm. So according to the Ohio Capital Journal, Members of the Ohio of the Ohio ballot board voted three to two to alter the previous version of the amendment from abortion may be prohibited after fetal viability. The new language now reads, it says this always allow an, an unborn child to be aborted at any stage of pregnancy, regardless of viability when necessary to preserve the health of the mother. In other words, the Republicans are saying, you guys want to put this in the Constitution? Then we're going to put the language that it really reflects. We're not going to, we're not going to soften it up because uh, you guys voted for this, so we're going to put what you guys actually do to a baby. Good for them. Absolutely. Hey, Jesse, if we don't have anything more, I know I want to, yeah. we want to cover John the Baptist's yep. feast day, and then we got the gospel for the good news. Wow. And, Jesse, I, I, how welcoming was John the Baptist to those who, in, who were in sin? I don't think he was that welcoming. You know what he was? He was proclaiming and telling people the truth of the gospel, and he ended up getting his head cut off, kind of like other people. We'll talk about that after the gospel, but the point of it is, St. John the Baptist, pray for us, because we're living in times where we need more St. John the Baptist today. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of good bishops out there. Yeah. Bishop Strickland, sure. Schneider, yeah. Vigano, Mueller, yeah. Seurat, the, the Burke, they, the list goes on. Yeah. That have spoken up and, and more they paid speaking a, up. More. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's good. Uh, today's gospel: Herod was one, the one who had John the Baptist arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had whom he had married. John had said to Herod, "It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife." Herodias harbored a, a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Why? Why does she want to have him killed? Because of shame, because he was he was convicting her with his words. Yep. He was speaking truth to power. Yep. It says, Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. So you can see that Herod was conflicted. Part of him liked the truth, and part of him had an aversion to the truth. It says, she had an opportunity of what? One day when her when uh, yeah she had an opportunity one one day when her when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his courtiers his military officers and the leading men of Galilee Herodias' own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests 
Here's what's interesting. So there's a difference here because David danced before the ark oh, and yeah. it has the same word dance, but that dance pleased God. Whatever David did, I don't know what it was, but it pleased God. This dance was sensual. This ta- dance displeased God. That's right. And so it goes to show you one person dances, it pleases God. One person dances, it doesn't. A very interesting, the, juxt- the juxtaposition here. The king said to the girl, ask of me whatever you wish and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, uh, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? She replied, the head of John the Baptist. The, her- the girl hurried back to the king's presence and made a request. I want you to give me at once on the platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oaths and the guest that he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an, ex- an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in the prison. Uh, he brought in the head. He brought he brought in the head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. The girl in turn gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, martyr. So, yeah, yeah. What what an incredible man. Here here's something else that jumps out at me that you can Tell see me. from. Uh, from this story here is is there's kinds of, there's a, there's kind of a, a a juxtaposition. What I mean by that is Herod's oath uh, recalls kind of a similar banquet mm-hmm. with another woman. It was Queen Esther, but she was a righteous woman. In, in the Book of Esther, Queen Esther was was giving a feast for the Persian king Ahasuerus when he promised to grant her any request. So we see. We see kind of a parallel here of the Esther story. Yes. But uh, it, 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 King Ahasuerus uh, King even promised Queen Esther, I'll give you half of my kingdom. And, and Esther requested that the king spare the life of the Jews throughout the Persian Empire. That's what she asked. So this Old Testament scenario is the mirror opposite of Mark's gospel, <laughs> where unlike righteous Esther, who asked for the for the life of the Jews to spare them? Uh, the sinful Herodias, the demonically afflicted Herodias, seizes this opportunity to bid for the execution of the ro- of the most righteous man that ever lived on planet Earth, John the Baptist. Well, San Jesse, I heard Monsignor talk about Herodias. There's a tradition that when they brought the head of John the Baptist on the plate, he uh, they basically took a knife and started stabbing John the Baptist's tongue because of what John the Baptist said. And I think about this stabbing. What I'm talking about now, we're talking about people uh, trying to get upset at people who are calling uh, people out for their sinful behavior, and they're very upset with those prelates who are doing that. I would say nothing new under the sun. Hey, when we we come back, Jess, and first of all, that that analogy in the Old Testament was awesome. When we come back, Pope Benedict XVI, back in 2015, he wrote a letter the Catholic statesman urging prayer against what? The expanding power of the Antichrist. It's only gotten worse, but you know what? Wow. People are standing up. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Very interesting show on Virgin. We are back. Terry and Jesse show. Yep. I know we got Paul Clay. He wants to weigh in on this as well, Terry. Hey, before these, these we get topics. to Paul Clay, can I give yeah. a commercial? I've got a thousand Absolutely. of these badges. I just sent a couple of them to Jesse Romero, 
It says, I stand with Strickland. And there's a picture of uh, Bishop. And we're taking those this weekend to Tyler, Texas, for the Defending the Faith Conference. And if people want a copy of these, you know, just make a donation so you can cover the printing and making of the badge by calling 877-526-215 when we'd love to get these out. And when you go to church on Sunday, you're wearing this badge, and they go, you stand with who? Bishop Strickland, you don't know who he is. We need you to start listening to the Terry to the Bishop Strickland show on Virgin Most Powerful. You'll find out about him. We got Paul Clay on the line. I love Paul Clay. Welcome, my brother. Yep. Oh, not yet. Not yet, Jesse. Not yet, Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let me just mention this article, Terry. That's it's shocking. It is a great article. Yeah. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. He said in two, and this is in 2015, but it was just released a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2015, Pope Benedict XVI wrote a letter to Catholic statesman yes. Vladimir Polko urging prayer. This is the quote that he said that is just jaw-dropping. It certainly is. Pope Benedict said the following. Pope, he was Pope Emeritus at the time. He said, quote, We see how the power of the Antichrist is expanding, and we can only pray that the Lord gives us strong shepherds who will defend his church in this hour of need from the power of evil. Let me read that That's quote one more time. Statement. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth and Pope Emeritus at the time said this in 2015. He he released it to a friend of his called Vladimir Polko. He's a he's a conservative uh, writer. He's a journalist, but. Vladimir didn't see fit to release it back then. He said it would have just, it, the world wasn't wor- ready for that statement. So he released it just the other day. Yep. Here's what it says. Pope, Pope said this, uh, Emeritus, in 2015. We see how the power of the Antichrist is expanding, and we can only pray that the Lord will give us strong shepherds who will defend his church in this hour of need from the power of evil. Close quote. And I'll tell you why uh, Vladimir, the, uh, uh, Polko did not want to release it back then, uh, back in 2015. Because Pope Benedict, if you just look at those words, he's speaking about the Antichrist in the present tense. Is this microphone on? He's not speaking about the Antichrist in the future tense. He's not speaking about the Antichrist in the past tense. He's speaking about the Antichrist in the present tense in 2015. This is... This Pope is very mystic and prophetic. Yeah. prophetic. Not only is he intellectual, four PhDs, but he's also very, uh, very prophetic in a lot of the things that he writes, Terry. Yes. And it, this is why Vladimir Polko did not want to scare the world because he was writing about the Antichrist in the present tense. And notice what he didn't say, because wow. other times that he talks about the Antichrist, he says the spirit of the Antichrist. Right. No, not this time, Terry. Not this time. He said, we, 2015, we see the power of the Antichrist is expanding. Exactly. Who do I think the power of the Antichrist is? I want to hear from you and Paul. Here's well, what I think. Yeah, go ahead. Here, here's what I think that I want to hear from Paul and you. Yeah. My opinion is this. Think about a bicycle rim, okay? You got, you got the bicycle rim, you, and, and what holds all the spokes, what holds the tires together? The spokes. The spokes hold the tire together. And what, in, in my opinion, the hub is the Antichrist. That's the hub. He's the brain child. He's the one that holds it all together. Who are the spokes? I'll tell you the spokes. 
the Democrat Party, the CCP, uh, Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum, the Clinton crime family, the Biden crime family, yeah. the Obama crime family, uh, the, 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 uh, um, the, the industrial war complex, Lockheed, Raytheon, Boeing, uh, uh, Northrop, uh, big tech, big pharma. These are all the spokes, but there is a brain there is a there's a hub that holds all these spokes together, in my opinion, and Pope Benedict. So people say that's crazy talk, Jess. This Pope just said in 2015, Pope Benedict, about he talked about the Antichrist in the present tense. So quit trying to spiritualize and say, oh, that'll be in the year, you know, the third century or a hundred years from now. No, he said the present tense back in 2015 when you read this when you read his letter. And so my take is <laughs> that the Antichrist who based on what Pope Benedict XVI says, if he's here, and I think he is, yep. he holds all this together. Terry, this is why, and Paul, this is why, if you notice, these evil, globalist, great reset, new world order people, they seem to be one step ahead of us. It's like if they know our next move, we're playing chess, and they're ahead of patriots, conservatives, and people of faith. They're always one step ahead of us. That's my take I want to hear from both you guys. Well, let's get Paul Clay. Paul Clay, let's... Get a world biblical view here. I'm all ears. That Jesse uh, makes whatever what, what Jesse just said, Paul. Uh, he's been saying that not just today. That's has been consistent. His thought on that. Go ahead, Paul. Yes. Well, Terry, uh, he left out one spoke. <laughs> left wing <laughs> liberal media. The liberal media. Oh yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're 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 definitely in concert. Oh yeah. With every one of those other groups that that Jess mentioned. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, but we've known this for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, yep. when he had his that episode coming off the altar, and he heard that conversation between the devil and Christ, and him being given power, right? Um, you know, over the church for about a hundred years, and and as we know that the church, you know, serves as a a, a buffer and a barrier. I mean, when Christ sent us out into the world, he said that the gates of hell right. wouldn't prevail against us. They can't, right. they can't hold us back. Why? Because we, all authority has been given to Christ. And by virtue of that, he has extended and given the church that authority to go out into the world and set the captive free and do everything that Christ called us to do. Yes. But now that the church has uh, grown cold, so to speak, and, and, and been under assault for so long, in my opinion, Amen. now we're beginning, you know, the world is ripe for the Antichrist. And as Jesse said, as Pope, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI said, uh, he talked about him in the present. Yes. Um, now, that's a, that's a, you know, that should be a sobering thought for everybody, because everybody knows that the world is literally ripe. Uh, the world, I mean, we see just in our lifetime the changes that have taken place right. in our society oh. and in the world. And we see things are happening at a rapid pace, exponentially faster uh, because knowledge and, and information is out there. Um, yeah. It's not difficult to say, yeah, I believe that. And uh, things are happening at a breakneck speed. Paul, I want my, you to stay with us. Sake. Let me just interrupt you. I want you to stay with us on the show because you're going to have some other insights on this topic. Continue. And then I'm going to give you what Pope Pius X had to say about this topic 
because they're all prophetic. They're all on the same page. Continue, Paul. Yeah, no. So so I, I'm just agreeing with Jess, essentially, yeah. on, on every point that he made. And, yes. and, and, and it seems to me that it's the obvious yeah, it is. now uh, that if you deny these things, then you're just obviously you're just uninformed and and you're definitely not. Um, because oh, we've been given the mind of Christ, That's right. sacred scripture says, you know, so if we are in a state of grace and Amen. connected to the Lord, we're not going to be ignorant of such things. That's and right. so that's that's where we're at. Paul, I might add one more thought and you guys can, you mm-hmm. know, get your thoughts on this. Pope Pius X, who's the uh, the saint pope that wrote the uh, document on modernism in 1906 mm-hmm. He said this, that Shendi. he could, yeah, yeah, exactly. He saw, and we have it right on our website if people want to reread it. It's not a very long document. But his point was, he said, he thought that this is exactly what would happen once we compromise on the perennial teachings of the church and we let modernism in. He saw it happening, and he just happened to be a hundred and some years ahead of us, and he tried to do everything he could to stop it. And I will say this. There are some bishops right now, like Vigano and Strickland and and uh, Bishop Snyder. They're also saying, "Wait, put the brakes on this. We're going down not a road of God. We're going down a worldly road, and the worldly road is the Antichrist." And so, I think the Holy Fathers in the past, from Benedict the Sixteenth to to Pius the Tenth to Leo the Thirteenth, they're all on the same page. And unfortunately, right now. We're living in times of confusion because the shepherds aren't shepherding the flock properly. And I'll tell you why I believe that um, this this statement from Pope Benedict that it was just released, by the way, it's been withheld from us for eight years. Wow. Uh, because it would have shocked the world. People were probably not ready for it because he spoke about the Antichrist. Usually you'll hear people talk about the Antichrist prelates. They'll say, the spirit of the Antichrist. For example, I've heard people say that Biden governs in the spirit of the Antichrist. I've heard people, you know, prelates say that uh, Obama governed in the spirit of the Antichrist. Right. Uh, so that that's a common phrase that's used. But Pope Benedict, in, in this statement that was just released, mm-hmm. he didn't say the spirit of the Antichrist. He, here's, the, here's what he said again. In 2015, this was just released the other day okay. by his friend who's been holding this... Uh, this letter for eight years, he says, quote, we see the power of the Antichrist is expanding and we can only pray that the Lord give us strong shepherds who will defend his church in the hour of need from the power of evil. Wow. Uh, I know I know one strong shepherd, Bishop Strickland. Yeah. But once again, going back to that statement by Pope ben- Benedict Emeritus, he says, we're seeing the power of Antichrist expanding. What does that mean? Getting stronger. It is. And, and so what I, I I just look at, for example, for example, just, just we're going to go back. Here's some of the power of the Antichrist where he uses his minions. Many states, because of, of Biden, we're going to be coming back because we've got another virus that's been uh, discovered. And so... Uh, the, the president and many states, you're going to see, they're going to start ordering people and the and all the alphabet agencies. You got to mask up. Uh, everybody's got to take a jab. That's what Biden is saying. He just says everybody's got to take it this time around. They, this time, uh, stand six feet apart. So we're going to go back through this communist charade again, this communist nonsense. Why? Because it's all about power. 
It's all about power. It's all about controlling people. And it reminds me of what Fulton Sheen said back in 1967. Venable Sheen said the following, quote, The conflict of the future will be between a God religion and a state religion, between Christ and the Antichrist, but in political disguise, close quote. Man, we see profound. Oh, yeah. He nailed it. And and, and let's couple that together with now the spiritual Christ. Yeah. He said, you shall receive power and the Holy Ghost, right? So we not only had the authority in the church, but the power. But now if that power somehow is diminished in some kind of way, or that authority and power has failed to be you know, exercised, well, uh, again, we see the Antichrist expanding his power. When we come back with Paul Clay, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, we're three guys with PhDs in common sense. And common sense ain't that common. We come back to talk more about Pope Benedict's letter, Time of the Antichrist. Stay with us. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours. Bullshit pay so I can sit out what the heck is this? I, 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 I just get to play. Right back home. Let me see if my It's a damn shame. <laughs> what the world's gotten. Okay, Mr. Engineer, <laughs> you, you got us on a curveball. Paul Clay, <laughs> Jess Romero, Terry Barber, talking about the Antichrist. Continue, Jess. I'll, I'll tell you, to understand Pope Benedict's statement, in my opinion, is we have to be... Uh, we have to be cognizant of Venerable Fulton Sheen because he talked more about the Antichrist than anybody else, Terry, in, in, in our lifetime, in our lifetime. Here's another thing that Fulton Sheen says about the Antichrist. He says this, quote, The Antichrist will not be so called, otherwise he would have no followers. So in other words, he's not going to go by the name Antichrist. He will come disguised as a great humanitarian. He will talk peace, prosperity, and plenty, not as means to lead us to God, but as ends in themselves. So he's describing mm. communism here. He, the Antichrist will tempt Christians with the same three temptations which he tempted Christ. He will have one great secret which he will tell no one. He will not believe in God because his religion will be, the, will be brotherhood without the fatherhood of God. He will deceive mm. even the elect. That's scary. He will set up a counter church. He will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse, and emptied of its divine content. That sounds to me like the synod and synodality. Look, oh, look at what yeah. Ful- Fulton oh, yeah. Sheen said. Look what Fulton Sheen said. Watch this. And th- think about the synod of synodality. He says, quote, The Antichrist will set up a counter church. It will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse, and emptied of its divine content. It will be a mystical body of the Antichrist that will be in, in all externals resemble the mystical body of Christ. He said this yeah. in 1951. If that doesn't describe what I see happening on the synod, on sodomy, I don't know what else does, Paul and well, Terry. Well, well, let me comment on this, Jess um, and Terry. Um, listen, it's exactly right. And I like the part about the brotherhood without the fatherhood of God. That's like Freemasonry, right? You know, yes. this idea that, you know, uniting the sons of the first Adam together, you know, and it really doesn't matter, you know, what religion you are, you know, that, that type attitude or what God you serve. It, you know, it brings God down to the level of these false gods, little G. 
But yes, um, yes. yeah, when you have Jess, you, you mentioned the synod of, on synodality and, 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 and coupled that together with uh, our Archbishop, uh, the Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen's um, uh, uh, sermon or homily on that. That he talked about that, but yeah, when princes of the church, and we've been warned not only by Archbishop Sheen, we've been warned by the Queen of Heaven, the Queen mm. of Heaven, in many many apparitions have said, you know, uh, you know, told us what was going to happen, and we talked about this earlier, Jess, on Jesus nine one one. A lot of these things are conditional upon yes. obedience. When we obey God, when we obey the covenant, when the church, because remember, the church is the new Israel of God. And we've mm. seen over and over again, we, you know, one perusal of the Old Testament, you'll realize that Israel disobeyed God so many times and brought about the covenant curses. And so now the new Israel of God, you know, the church then is, is, is following, you know, pretty much the same trajectory in the sense that, um, you know, remember, as we got closer and closer in the Old Testament to the coming, the advent of Christ, you saw those who were, you know, in leadership within, within the, the, the Jewish religion, um, they were more and more in line and in league with the world. And that's yes. what we're seeing today with the mystical body of Christ. We're seeing things like global warming and 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 these ideas of hey, let's just you know let's let's just build an Abrahamic center and we'll just have you know one door for the Muslims, one door for the Jews, one door for the and it's all good, right? We don't have to yeah. we don't have to convert anymore. All these things we're seeing take place right before our eyes, which which indicates that the power of the Antichrist is definitely expanding. Yeah, and, and St. Paul talks about the Antichrist. He he calls them, he doesn't call them the Antichrist. He calls them the lawless one or 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 or, or sometimes the son of perdition. Yes. He says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 12, he says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for unless the apostasy comes first and the lawless one, that's a reference, the fathers of the church say that's a, that's that's an exegetical reference to the Antichrist. And the lawless one is revealed. The one doomed to perdition. So notice the Antichrist is going to go to hell. Okay, There's no salvation for him. Who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God and object of worship so as to seat himself in the temple of God claiming that he is a God. So the Antichrist will take the, will, will follow the, the pattern of, of uh, Lucifer in the Old Testament. But the one who restrains is to do, only, is to do so only for the present until he is removed from the scene. Now that's the that's the big debate. Like who's the restrainer? Some people, some fathers of the church say it's the Roman Empire. Some fathers church of the church say it's the papacy. Some fathers of the church say it's the Catholic Church in general. Uh, some well, fathers of the church say it's the, it's the Holy Spirit. So there's nobody really knows who the the restrainer is. Go ahead, Paul. Well, Jess, you said until he is removed. He not not. Not, you know what I mean? That's the clue right there. The restrainer is a person. And I personally believe the restrainer, you know, uh, you know, the, it's the Holy Spirit of God that's restraining the evil. It is the Spirit of God that makes sense through the church. Yeah. yeah. And that and that and that when we again, when we follow Jesus's command, uh, the mandate to go out and love and conquer this world in the name of Christ. We've been given all power and authority because he, he has the power and authority when we have basically said, you know, you know, it's not, 
you know, it, we, we, we've gone off, like I said, however so slight, you know, but, but, but the trajectory of that, that little bit to the left or a little bit to the right takes you way off the mark. And that's where we are today. Society's falling apart right before our eyes. And we know that this society was built by the Catholic church. Amen. It was, it was, it was strengthened. It was nourished by the Catholic church. And as the Catholic church, there are, does it not say that, uh, you know, um, at, at some point, um, uh, our lady warns about a falling and, and the sacred scripture, the falling away of the faith chest. Oh, yeah. Sacred scripture and approved Marian apparitions. Talk about that. Yes. And but here's the news. St. Paul does give us some good news here, Paul. I'm going to read on. He says this. But the one who restrains, which which could be the Holy Spirit, that makes sense, is to do so only for the present until he is removed from the scene. Well, the Holy Spirit can't be removed. So maybe it's the Holy Spirit using through using a, a man or an institution. But here's the good news. This verse. Watch. And then the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and render powerless by the manifestation of his coming. So Jesus is going to kill the Antichrist when he comes back. At the second coming, Jesus will kill K-I-L-L, the Antichrist. That's what the Bible says. And it says... The one who's coming springs springs from the power of Satan, that's the Antichrist, in every mighty deed and in signs and wonders that lie, and in every wicked deceit for those who are perishing because they, they have not accepted the love of truth. So notice, the Antichrist comes, the Bible says, not in the power, of, we come in the power of the Holy Spirit, he comes in the power of Satan. And the second thing is, who are those that are perishing? It's right here in Scripture. Those that, do not ex- those that have not accepted the love of truth so that they might be saved. Therefore, here's what happens when you don't accept the love of truth, the love of God, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. When you don't accept that God is love, 1 John 4, 16, here's what happens. God is sending them a deceiving power so that Mm. they may believe the lie that all who have not believed the truth but have approved wrongdoing may be condemned. In other words, people get to the point where their heart becomes so hardened like Pharaoh, where God says, that's fine. You want to harden your heart? Let me help you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. God help us. Yes. Hey, Paul, Terry. I want to move. Yeah. Terry, are you there? Terry's probably out doing some apostolic work. Okay. Oh, I want to move on to another topic on a Greek Catholic bishop who talks on the synod and synodality. Uh, He says, it's not like the Eastern Synods. It's a short article that I want to discuss it with you. It says, Greek Byzantine Catholic Bishop Manuel Nin stresses that synod means, above all, journeying with Christ and warns against Christian parliamentarianism. Mm. Despite claims to the contrary, the upcoming synod on synodality isn't like any synod of the Eastern churches. It resembles a parliamentary process and lacks a clear and coherent goal. A Greek Catholic bishop who will participate in the meeting has said as much. He said, quote, in an August 3rd commentary published on the Greek Catholic Exarchate website, which, which is the, basically that's what we call diocese, they call theirs Exarchate. Bishop Manuel Nin, the Greek Byzantine Catholic Church Apostol- Apostolic Exarch to Greece, expressed several concerns about the Synod General Assembly. The first session, of which will take place on October uh, 
4th to the 29th and the 2nd in October 2024. The upcoming meetings mark a significant break with previous Synod assemblies in that a selected group of lay participants will will now be allowed to vote. Bishop Manuel, see that that's a problem there, that last sentence, uh, mm-hmm. that lay people will be allowed to vote. And Bishop Manuel recognized that this exercise of authority has a synodal dimension in that decisions taken at, at, at a fully collective level belong to the synod's bishops. But he stressed that if the West understands synodality as where everyone, lay and clerical, act together in order to arrive at some ecclesiastical, doctrinal, canonical, disciplinary decision, whatever it may be, it becomes clear that such synodality does not exist in the East. Amen. Jesse, my mic was uh, cut off, so I'm back on. I was trying to say something and nothing was coming through. I want to recommend a book on this topic by Bishop Athanasius Snyder. The springtime that never came. And anything you read by Bishop Snyder, you'll, you'll like. We have it in stock here at VMPR. Just call the 877-526-2151. Paul Clay, love your insights. Keep Stay here after the break. Let's talk a little bit more. And you're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. Yes, we're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Paul Clay, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, we'd be billionaires because our hope is in what? Jesus Christ. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, <laughs> call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. We should have Paul Clay on this threesome more often. Paul, <laughs> you're amazing on your insights, Jess. I wanted to uh, just recommend to people again, uh, I've had... This is amazing. All over the world, people talking about Bishop Strickland's letter to the flock. And it's a letter that I have in my hand. And it's just an amazing letter that basically summarizes what we believe as Catholics. And I just want to throw something in that kind of talks about, he says, uh, regrettably, it may be, and this is where he's he's commenting on the same-sex marriage, how this is not what the Catholic Church teaches, women's ordination. But I love what he said because this ties into the end times in my take. He said, regrettably, it may be that some will label Paul Clay and Jesse Romero and Terry Barber as schismatics. Why? Because those who disagree with the changes being proposed at the Senate. That's us. But be assured, the bishop says, and it's reassuring, however, that no one who remains firmly upon the plumb line of our Catholic faith is a schismatic. We must remain unabashedly and truly Catholic regarding of what we were brought forth. And he says this, we must be aware also that it is not leaving the Catholic Church, excuse me, it's not leaving the Church to stand firm against these proposed changes. As St. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And then he says, therefore, standing firm does not mean we are seeking to leave the Church. That's us. Instead, those who would propose changes to that which cannot be changed to seek to come commandeer Christ Church, they are indeed true schismatics. Jesse, Paul, I think he's talking about the Vatican. Yeah, and uh, and and we need a bishop to speak like that that with that type of boldness. And and I'll tell you, Bishop Strickland, this this Greek bishop here in this article. Yes, here's calling him out. Yeah. This the the word synod, according to this Greek bishop, he yeah. says it means to journey together. Okay, right. that's good. We, we're all called to journey together with Jesus, all Christians, east and west. That's good. 
But this Greek bishop, where he's criticizing the synod, he's saying this lay participation and they're being allowed to vote. This has never happened in the East. Okay, this is not uh, where everybody decide or majority rules. This is not what a synod does. A synod, it it's 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 run by the bishops. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, if you got lay people here, especially malformed lay people that are that are weighing in and are talking about, uh, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that. Yeah. It, the big problem with that is many of the way, way pe- uh, lay people don't know their faith well enough to make any intelligent statement on the synod. We need the bishops who, God willing, they are, they're well-formed, we pray, so that they can continue to give us the perennial teachings of the church and hand out the traditions right. to us that have been handed down to them by the apostles. This synod, in my opinion, guys, here's my take. It's a mess. It's, it's, it's the great reset of the Catholic Church. What the great reset is politically, yeah. the synod is the great reset in the church, uh, in, in religion. And, and, and any bishop not objecting to the synod, yeah. to me, they're causing serious scandal because uh, I, I read another article that says only 1% of Catholics were surveyed. Can you imagine that? Yeah, only one. Of course. So that that means that non-Catholics and anti-Catholics, they were surveyed as well. So this synod is going to be a total fraud. And and, Je- and Paul, I want to get your take before we run out of time on this. Go ahead, brother. You're a, a revert to the Catholic faith. Let's hear from you. All right, Paul. Might we might have lost him. I want to just mention this, Jesse. Those of us who are standing up for the truth right now, I hear people like Dr. Scott Hahn. Uh, he's taking a, a, a hit because he posted the letter by Bishop Strickland saying that he agrees with Strickland that this is uh, a mess going on. It seems to me that people who have been silent for decades are coming out, lay people, priests, bishops. And I think this is exactly what is going to happen. Now, Jesse, if I make this proposal, you can, you're can you going to say, I don't want to be with Terry anymore because he's getting too radical. But I see what's going to happen, my opinion. We see the Senate coming up. And I'm praying that many people in the Senate get their heads screwed on and say to the Holy Father, no, we're not going to do all these things. We're going to go back to the traditional view of priesthood, traditional view of morality. We're not going to use situation ethics. We're going to just change. There's a grace because people are praying for this conversion. And I, I predict if that happens, the Holy Father will blow a, 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 a his steam will be too hot. And I, uh, I'm going to predict, and this people are going to get mad at me. Yeah, I, I'm predicting that he'll lose it, and people will see for what is going on that this had nothing to do other than an agenda by the Pope, who's supposed to preserve the truth. And what he's doing is he's doing something he has no power to do, and that is to change the perennial teachings of the Church. Now, I'll get in trouble for saying that, but I really see that happening, Jess. I also see the synods, Terry, because. The Pope and, and his president, his present staff, the Roman Curia, the, who we picked to be, they're very, they're very, they're very soft on sins below the waist. Yes. Okay. Very soft. Uh, and, and and so what we're seeing, Terry, through these synods, we're seeing the feminization of the Catholic Church. That's right. And if the feminization of the Catholic Church continues, men are going to continue to seek their spiritual sustenance. In Islam, in Protestant churches, and right. right. these false or in these inadequate religions, uh, because they're going to say, well, at least there seems to be men there. Yeah. So this effeminization of the Catholic Church through these synods 
it's highly damaging our church and it has consequences absolutely the the, the fact is is that uh you know, you know mo- a lot of protestant denominations have already normalized homosexuality right now they're shooting for the big the the, the big hit in the block the catholic church and i'll tell you if, if if this synod keeps on going in this direction, yeah. nor, normalizing homosexuality or being soft on it, uh, it it's going to convince heterosexual Catholic men that uh, you know what I don't need to go to mass on Sunday. I don't need to practice the faith. I don't need to. I don't need to go in and spend an hour in, in in this gay atmosphere, this homosexual atmosphere. The synods, Terry, if they're implemented and they try to homify the Catholic Church, right. it's going to keep heterosexual men away. Well, what Bishop Strickland said is similar, Jess. He said, "Those who want to change what the what, what and uh, to change what the church has taught, uh, they are indeed the true schismatics." And that's a strong statement. Paul Claire, are you back with us, brother? Paul, I thought Mister Engineer told me he was yeah. back through my little ear. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Jess, here's my bottom line on this. Yes. Though, Paul, are you there? Yeah, he's there. I heard him. Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you now, yeah, Paul. Yeah. I just mentioned I what, what Strickling is calling people who are who are trying to change the teachings of the church as schismatics. Yeah. But uh, yeah. what's your yeah. thoughts? What are your thoughts? I was I was, I, I was listening. So, oh. uh, you know, I don't know what happened. It wasn't on my end. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, listen. As you guys know, the church is hierarchical. Yes. I'm coming in what you said before. So it's a top-down organization. That's right. That's right. But of late, uh, I, I like the way the uh, the Eastern Bishop. He mentioned and he defined what synodality truly is, and it's walking with Christ, Amen. Not, walking, not walking with the people. And so this synod is inverted, mm-hmm. completely inverted in the sense that it is looking, who looks to spiritually immature people, different, different groups that want to, you know, yeah. advocate for different things. Who looks to them for direction? The church looks to Christ for direction, the head, right. and then... And then speaks the word of Christ to the world. Yeah. And so it's just like an inverted cross. You know, everything is becoming inverted now. Um, every, and this is what we see. Like Jess talked about the the, the feminization of the faith. Uh, you know, every what it's a completely opposite of of what God intended. It it, it it cannot it cannot fulfill the command to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. So all of these things, Terry, you know, again, Amen. we're seeing the power of the Antichrist, who is who is basically the great counterfeiter, and he is bringing a counterfeit culture to the world, something opposite of That's what right. God intended. Yes. Can I give you one more quote from Cardinal Seurat? He said, yep. the church is not made to listen. She's made to teach. Preach it, Terry. <laughs> I had to yeah, say it. I, when you're, I'm just saying it. Yeah, hey, Terry, yeah. it's interesting you say that because in, in Latin, there's a phrase that describes the Catholic Church. Yes. It's called Ecclesia Docens, and it's an old, ancient, goes back a yeah. thousand years. Ecclesia Docens means a teaching church. Ecclesia. That's what the church has always saw herself, as a teaching that's, church. That's so Not a that's listening that's... church walking with liberals and listening <laughs> to liberals and tell us how to give, tell us how, yeah. tell us how to homify the church get out of a here. guide to the blind right that's what yeah. we do we, we're a guide yeah. to the blind and the, uh and the blind leading the blind and don't forget yeah. never worry about who's going to be offended folks if you speak the truth worry about who will be misled deceived and destroyed if we don't jesse we're compelled Amen. paul clay you can't do anything other than proclaim the truth brother that's yes. part of what yes. we are called to do yes Yes. All right, we got the final couple minutes. Go ahead, Paul. 
you know, I was going to say, Terry, and even if I'm a hypocrite, guess yeah. what? Hypocrisy never nullifies truth. Amen. You know, right. and, yeah. and so, you know, we just, again, uh, this is a great conversation. <laughs> and, 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 and really, we just need to wake up and understand that no matter who you are within the church, no matter what your position, whether yeah. you're religious, whether you're lay, yeah. we know that uh, God Christ himself is the head. And as long as we follow Christ, the perennial teachings of the church, Terry, like you always say, we cannot go wrong. And if the and if the world is moving in a different direction or the church is moving in a different direction, then we must then God has placed us here for a time such as this in order to be faithful. Amen, brother. Well said, Paul. Jesse, your thought thoughts again? Yeah, uh, my thoughts are uh Saint Padre Pio, pray, hope, and don't worry. Uh, God is merciful, and God will hear our prayers. As Catholics, Amen. We've got to persevere to the end. Amen. Or as a uh, Mel Gibson said in the movie Braveheart, Braveheart, <laughs> hold the line. Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. telling you, I, I, that that scene is in my head every single day after morning prayer, after I come back from mass. Mm-hmm. Um, hold, I see the Mel Gibson scene and, and Braveheart, and I say, hold the line, Jess. Keep holding the line. Keep praying. Keep offering sacrifices, keep doing penance, keep fasting, keep on preaching the gospel. Hold the line. Yeah, see, can I yeah. can I say something that should probably nobody knows other than you? I think I told you this. Mm-hmm. I, I have Bishop Strickland on t- every uh, week here on the, on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And after the radio show, I usually chat with him. His mic went up, and I saw the, what, what, he, what he was watching on his screen, Braveheart. I'm dead serious, guys. Are you surprised, Jess? Are you surprised, Paul? I'm wow. not. Wow. He was listening. Hold the line. Hey, Jess, <laughs> what state should we be living in, brother? Hold the line. Exactly. Live, live in a state of grace. Yeah. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Become holy or die trying. And remember, life is short. Eternity is forever. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Yep. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said it. We were quoting her earlier. That souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Please, I don't care if you're four years old or 104, you can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. Yes, by offering everything to Jesus. Sign me up. I hope you say yes to Jesus on that because the church is in desperate need of prayer and sacrifice. Paul, your last thoughts. Paul Clay. Well, again, uh, I can just echo what you guys are saying. Uh, Amen. God love you. Thanks for joining us.